Peace, peace, Jumbo. Welcome to the Vital Hoops Podcast. My name is Fernando Cardenas, aka International XB. I am your host. This is episode number 46. Now, this episode will be divided in two parts. Um, this is part one. And in my opinion, our guest is one of the most important Pan Africanist voices today. He is a revolutionary Pan-Africanist, an atheist, a socialist, and a vegan. He's the host of the Bro Diallo Show, the co-host of Rational Radicals with the great Pan-Africanist rapper Skip Coon, also the co-host of Earn Your Liberation with Dr. Jared Ball and Geechee Y'all. Our guest today is Diallo Kenyatta. All right. Bro Diallo, a.k.a. Diallo Kenyatta, a.k.a. the Grinch of Pan-Africanism. Welcome to the Vado Hoops podcast. How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for the invite. Listen, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to be here. Um, I've learned I've learned a lot from you. You know, I'm definitely I definitely do watch all three of the shows, the Bro Diallo show, you know, um, the Rational Radicals and and the um earn your liberation. So uh, I've been I've been trying to get on live, but I'm usually at work when you guys are on live because you know I'm 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 all the way in France. So the timing is not oh. you know but um okay but definitely I appreciate your work for sure. I've been learning a lot listening listening to your show now for about I think a couple of years it's been now. Wow. And um yeah yeah and I appreciate you you taking the time. All right. I appreciate you, too. I'm really glad you looked out. I'm glad that the uh, struggle, Pan-African struggle, is really is really a Pan-African struggle, especially when the African diaspora can unite and, and engage in dialogue. I think that's very necessary. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm Afro-Cuban, but I live in France now. And um, huh. the organization that I work with, uh, the Pan-African League, Umoja, we we just had the Pan African universities over here, and um that that we organized, and you know we had a uh, Inem uh, Richardson over here from the All African uh, People Revolutionary Party. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Dr. Tommy Curry. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. We had a a brother named uh, Luke Renette from the Guadeloupe Anti Imperialist Armed Struggle. Okay. And um, nice, nice. yeah, 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 definitely. And so it was very interesting. It was it was a good, good build, really good build. Yeah. So that's what we've been we've been working on this side, definitely. Um, before we get into some serious stuff, I want to ask mm. you about your game, man. I know you play basketball. Yeah. I know, I know you, I know you don't like ball chases, but I know you, I know you got game. I heard you talk. I hear you talking here and there. You know what I mean? Do you still yeah. play? Not like I used to. I okay. might throw the ball around with my sons, but yeah, I I used to um, play a little bit. But yeah. um, I've never, even though I'm I'm when I when I attack ball chasing, I think sports are very important. Competitive yeah. sports, individual sports, where you test yourself and compete against yourself. Endurance. Mm -hmm. I am a uh, I engage in sports. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate sports. I don't like the sports industry. I know I from understand. the collegiate yep. level, and the especially the professional level. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I wouldn't 
in yeah, any yeah. way. You, I understand. If, if you find mm -hmm. any um, areas where I'm bragging about my game, just delete that footage. <laughs> I am just, I'm a practitioner. You know, I'm a fan of the game in on a community level. Yeah. And I think all sp sports need to be yeah. uh, um, democratized and and embedded within community, not uh, a capitalist industry of exploitation of bodies, mainly African bodies across the globe. So, no yeah, doubt. but I, I would rate, if I had a scale to one to 10 to rate my game, I'd give myself a solid three, <laughs> you know. And the whole three is based, I'm 6'3", so that's all. Oh, okay, I, okay, I just, okay. So you got a little bit of height. <laughs> I got height. That's all I got. And I use it, you know. I probably overused it, so I didn't have to learn how to dri dribble or shoot or nothing because I was 6'3", so I just stand there with my arms up. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to start with, with some basic stuff. Like, even though this is a Pan-Africanist show, in my opinion, you're one of the most important voices right now. Oh, thank you. You know, in Pan-Africanism, really. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, in, in your words, if you could uh, define Pan-Africanism and the importance of it today, you know, in, in 2023, as, as we're coming up on 2024, because I still hear a lot of criticism of Pan-Africanism and people saying that it's utopia or it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's a thing of the past and, you know, things like that. So if you could please. Well, there's the Pan-African ideology and then the Pan-African agenda. The Pan-African ideology is the acknowledge it, acknowledgement of the common heritage of all and interconnectedness of all African people across the globe. Uh, people of African descent, our, our common history, and how our even though they are extremely diverse cultures, um, but they but every culture that can be defined as an African culture, ones that sustains and advances African people. The Pan-African uh, agenda is simply utilizing that commonality, that historical, that racial, biological, phenotypical, uh, political um, commonality in order as an organizational point or as a springboard for African people. So we can organize and use that as a fulcrum. So we can define everything that we do or seek to do everything that comes into us or all of our outputs on how does it speak to the interests, the well-being, uh, and the dignity of African people. So one is acknowledging because it's there, whether you acknowledge it or not. So it is simply acknowledging the interconnectedness of all African people across the globe. And number two, uh, being able to act on that acknowledgement, constructing organizations, uh, uh, principles, um, values, and even strategies and tactics for conflicts and strategies and tactics for resol resolving conflicts, especially internal conflicts for African people. So it's an ideology and an agenda of unifying and using that unity as a source of power and a uh, engine of liberation. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. All right, all right. So let's talk about this when it comes to, you know, Abrahamic religions, right? I've heard you speak a lot on this topic. And here in France, where I am, it's it's very, it's a tough subject, right? Because a lot of the brothers and sisters here are are from, you know, where, where most of our ancestors are from, which is West Africa. And a lot of the brothers, brothers and sisters are usually Muslims. And um it it can cause some tension, right? But uh personally, I agree with you 
on on when, on everything that you speak on when it comes to Abrahamic religion, right? Because from what I've read, from what I've from what I've learned throughout the years, I know how horribly our people were impacted. That it was one of the main tools that was used, right? One of the main tools of of oppression that that was used, and that is still all, all over our people today, right? Right. But what I wanted to ask you about was more so the the spiritual part, right? Like when it comes to when it comes to the traditional African spirituality, like Ifa and things like that, right? Because from my understanding, I feel like um, a lot of this spirituality, it was kind of embedded within our culture, without like our ancestors, the way they used to live, right? Like, and I've, from my understanding, it was like kind of all mixed in, whether we were talking um, science you know mathematics and spirituality all these things were kind of like intertwined and the way our our ancestors moved forward was kind of like within that spiritual realm right um that's kind of my understanding so i, I would love for you to expand a little bit on, on on that because you don't see things that way right you don't see you don't see that african spirituality bringing anything positive to to our people today or how do you how do you feel about that um i i don't think that I, I couldn't say blanketly that African spirituality brings nothing positive to our people, mm -hmm. but I can say that um, if you put African spirituality, the the existence of African deities or the the um, uh, the interpretation that African ancestors are in some type of um, extra dimensional realm or that our ancestors can have some type of material impact on us from that some special realm or or be evoked um just the concepts of magic things of that nature uh it's just it doesn't stand up to scrutiny any more than the western religions hmm. um i do have a great appreciation and i do engage with myths folklore uh fantasies and rituals i have i don't think that a, a myth folklore fantasy or ritual can be um inherently good or bad you have some that are good and some that are bad. You have some that are alien, foreign, colonial. You have some that are indigenous. You have some that are rituals, uh, fantasies, folklore that are liberatory and some that are oppressive. Um, so I am um, I am willing to engage with, and I don't out and out reject African spirituality from the arena of that um, these stories help us to understand our or, or comprehend or relate to mm -hmm. eternity, to kinship, to, to time and space, the, the immenseness of time and space. And where, while we're relatively minuscule, the rituals that help to ground and connect us. So I, I, I am critical because if you really look at many of these um, traditional African spiritual practices, they also devolve into cultism, exploitation right. and a lot of times they uh distract or derail african people it's not positive i do know and i've talked to some uh, brothers who um consult oracles who have uh, erect shrines to the ancestors or erishas and they put their for lack of a better term faith in those magical materials magical thinking uh uh otherworldly and and mystical drives and 
there's nothing coming from that. So we invest so much energy and resources and have little to nothing in return except for make-believe and further entrenching us in delusions. They can also make us vulnerable. Many of the African superstitions and many of the African rituals and myths um, that our ancestors believed in when colonizers would come to our shores and would violate those rituals, we would be under the, the misconception that their gods were more powerful than their gods. If they eat something from an accursed or, 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 or banned substance, or if they drink from a cursed lake, or if they enter into a uh, cursed region and they don't, and the ancestors or, or the Orisha do not act upon them. And we also see that even uh, in, 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 in Egypt, where um, there are several here in the United States, many uh, comedic cults, right, right, where these these um, individuals will will go and get comedic teachings, uh, mm. and get comedic dress or garb and, and symbols, and um, give themselves the names of our ancestors and construct entire cults around that. Yeah. And uh, monetarily, sexually, and and socially exploit whole populations of people because the Egyptians did believe in divine rulership and things of that nature. So you have uh, men who uh, that I know of that I've been to some of their uh, compounds or whatever. Um, probably one of the most notable this uh, predator by the name of Malachi Z York. He yeah, went into. Uh, Georgia and erected pyramids and erected giant onks and and had sarcophagi and was wearing you know comedic royal and and headdresses and had people taking on ancient comedic names and and practices all for the purpose of hyper exploitation. So yeah. um, even African spirituality can be used for exploitation yeah, or yeah, riches. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So and I've I've been surrounded since I engaged the, the liberation struggle, I've been surrounded by individuals and communities that have embraced traditional African practices, mm -hmm. um, calling down the ancestors and, and, and the elders, pouring libations. Mm -hmm. But you'll go and, and end up to a place where our people are pouring libations to Barack Obama or pouring <laughs> libations to Colin Powell and right. calling Colin Powell a great ancestor. Oh. So there's when when you leave the realm of reason, logic, evidence, and 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 critique and skepticism, I just think that you become very vulnerable. Even yeah. if that that even if you put that aside, when you get into the arena of the supernatural, the arena of faith and belief. There's just so many vulnerabilities there. So I think that it's more healthy for African people to approach um, our spiritual spirituality from a critical, skeptical, and academic point of view, as opposed to from a faith and belief point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Well, as far as the business side in Cuba, the the IFA part is very is very big, right? So, but now what we're seeing is there's a lot of they're mainly white Cubans that have been taking that over, right? And now they're babalaos. Like they, yeah. they weren't, they weren't even. And now they're making you, you, businesses you, out of that. You like find that business. on, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I mean, even here in the states, and maybe not so much in the smaller areas, but you go to places with large uh, Afro uh, Caribbean 
or Afro Latino populations. And you go to, I'm sure you're from, I don't know if you're familiar with the botanicas, you know, and um, where people are not going into these places to call on our ancestors and get instruments Mm -hmm. to, to set up shrines, to call on our ancestors to strengthen us in our struggle. They're calling on ancestors to eliminate a coworker or a competitor. To right. make their business more yeah, profitable yeah, yeah. for the next quarter. That's what they're asking. So, yeah, yeah. They're asking for exactly. things like that. And also, the, another problem that that I had with it um, a few years back, I I I asked our Babalao why, because you know in Cuba there's still this. As at one point, they used to call on on uh, Spanish saints, but they were really calling on orichas. But they they mixed up the names, and it was like coding, right? So they yeah. would be like, you know. Santa Barbara, but really they were praying to Shango, you know, so they, right. they would call on another one. But then what happens today is that we kept on using those names and a lot of people are still using the Catholic saints names. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, so why are we still doing this? Let's stop that. Like, why? Are we? And then a lot of people would tell me, well, you know, it's been so many years and everything is intertwined. So we can't really go back to and then and then they're making people it's get baptized. Yeah, it's contaminated. They're that's, making people get baptized in Catholic church in order to get work done as for Ifa, right? So that's like, that's cultural contamination. Mm-hmm. And that's also the nature of because I mean, in 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 it's not unique to African spirituality. I mean, if you look at Catholicism or 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 Eastern Orthodox, the oldest Christian uh churches in Europe, you'll find a lot of pagan rituals pagan symbols that were integrated into it. But um, when when you have two cultures that come together, but it's not like a mutual sharing, but a dominant culture superimposing itself on an oppressed or exploited culture, mm-hmm. then it it's not really a sharing or a merger. It's an exploitation, a dilution, or even a destruction of the core elements of it. So... Um, when when I see that, and, and that's why they call it Santeria, and uh, you go yeah. into the botanicas, yeah. and yeah, you, you see the, the, the seven-day candles mm. and, and things of that nature, and you'll have a white saint surrounded yeah. by yeah. cowrie shells. Yeah, but I call that cultural contamination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it really, if we're going to, mm-hmm. you, it should be a reformation, a purging of, of those uh, slave and colonial co- components to our our yeah. uh, rituals and our uh, myth and folklore and and spiritual systems and religions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. All right, I want to talk about this. This here is important. Um, many times I run into sisters. You know, they're brilliant sisters, right? We would we we would talk like climate change. We talk. You know, I'm talking about my wife also. <laughs> my wife is like that, right? We talk climate change. We you know the whole eco side that's going on. We even talk. You know. Um, about negritude, we talk about liber- African liberation, everything. But some some sisters they don't identify with Pan Africanism for some reason. And even though, like when I speak to them, I see they're 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 right in there with us. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're in, right. and so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about this. I've heard you talk about feminism and about how you know basically regular feminism or what we call white feminism or whatever is about basically is integrationism, right? It's about yes. integrating into into the system of oppression. But I, I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about, you know, Africana womanism and black feminism, kind of like the difference and similarities between those two and, and why or why not are they, you know, quote unquote, compatible with Pan-Africanism? 
I like well, okay. where, where's the disconnect? Well, um the the our colonizers, our enslavers, our oppressors um came out of um patriarchal, sexist, and misogynistic culture. And even though African people were enslaved, colonized, and are oppressed under that system, um, because if you have some what I call uh, compounding characteristics of compounding oppression. Mm. So black people are oppressed, but women are also oppressed in this system. So if you're a black woman and disabled people are also oppressed, so if you're a black woman and disabled and uh, queer gender nonconforming people are oppressed, so if you're a black woman, disabled, gender queer. nonconforming, <laughs> if you're poor, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're Absolutely. a migrant or 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 an immigrant refugee, so those are what you call compounding exploitations. Mm -hmm. And so, when people come into the movement, uh, a black liberation struggle, and so many people say, "Well, it's about black," and tell those people who have compounding characteristics, where they suffer uh, oppression that is is intensified due to these other factors within the larger system, mm -hmm. a lot of times they feel as though they have to leave the black struggle because right. the black struggle does not make a place for the women, uh, the disabled, the gender nonconforming or queer, mm -hmm. uh, the the refugees or, or migrants, or they tell those people they have to subordinate those other characteristics of themselves, of their identity to black. And so right, right. that type of stance leads to a lot of sisters and other people who have compounding exploitation to go and seek solidarity and redress for those other issues, especially when they experience compounding oppression within Black struggles. Mm. So a sister that comes and says, I want Black liberation, but within the Black liberation formation, there's Sexism is tolerated and often promoted mm. and misogyny. Um, there's no accommodation for um, non-neurotypical people or queer. So a lot of times the Black liberation struggle creates a point of division and a point of vulnerability, not acknowledging that Black is a core factor. As Darby said, and I accept race first, a lot of us don't understand that race first is something different than race only. Only, of course, yeah. yeah so yeah. if you are a black woman and you says, I am oppressed as a woman, I am discriminated against as a woman, hmm. you're not diminishing the black liberation right, struggle. Right. You're not deprioritizing or diluting or harming. You are contributing and strengthening. Hmm. Hmm. So um, as far as my problem with feminism, because I have a lot of writing, a lot of essays critiquing and condemning feminism. And it became disturbing after a while because I've been doing this long before the emergence of what you might call the manosphere, right? Right. Or manism, the man movement. I've been doing this since the 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 the, the uh, early to mid nineties, okay. and calling out feminism. But my problem with feminism is much different than a menace problem with feminism. I don't believe the bullshit about feminism harms men, reduces the men, feminists hate men, or or all of that. My critique and problem with feminism is that it doesn't go far enough. Right, right. Feminism is inadequate. Number one, it's not an adequate challenge to patriarchy 
and sexism and misogyny. Number two is that the feminist movement has always used as fuel the plight of African women across the globe, where white women will stand with black women to legitimize their claims and their state and leave black women in the lurch mm. um, once the white women get what they want. So it's inadequate and it's exploitative of uh, black women. So that is my critique. Um, simply integrating women or giving women equal standing in a society. Because every woman in this society could get equal standing and equal opportunity within the society. Mm. But that does not speak to imperialism, capitalism, right. ecocide, racism, uh, ableism, and, and it just goes on down the line. And we've had too many examples of girl bosses yeah, yeah, yeah. from Margaret Thatcher, Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, Golda Meir, and that's just women in politics. If we went into women in the military and women in um, in the business private sector, we see that women have the capacity to embrace and advance imperialism, racism, ecocide, genocide, on down yeah. the line. So simply giving women opportunity within this system and equal standing in this system is inadequate because it still leaves too many factors. What Africana womanism does is mm. acknowledge the compounding oppression that Black women have as women and Black, that that is a uh, a suppression, a double weight that they have to carry, but they also understand that women have to fight for their justice, their equality, their liberation in concert, and it has to resonate with and align with the larger liberation struggle and to fight against racism, uh, fight against capitalism, the fight against global white hegemony. So that's all it is. It simply fills in the missing parts of feminism the parts that feminism neglects. We just, and even, because uh, I listed a bunch of white women to show that the, the what happens when oppressed people seek equality with their oppressors. Right. Nobody ever finishes that equation. Equality with your oppressor makes you equal to your oppressor. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing in that formulation that suggests that the oppressor has to make any change outside of giving you as many opportunities to be a parasite and an exploiter than they are. And we think that um, equality within an unequal system humanizes the system when it actually nine times, almost every time that I look, it dehumanizes those who are integrated in the system as opposed to humanizing the system that the oppressed people are integrated into. Yeah. So it is a integrationist reformist movement as opposed to a liberation revolutionary movement. So my, that's my main problem with feminism. And I always acknowledge there are anarcho-feminist, uh, revolutionary communist, feminist, and there are some that are called, I don't think they're extremists. And I don't like that term because we never hear capitalist extremists or Christian extremists. So, but there are some factions of the feminist movement that are that are not ever really presented or acknowledged. Absolutely. You know, but I do think that women's oppression is definitely something that, because you, I've been in a room where black organizations or, or, or leaders are calling for liberation of black people and the removal of women's right to access to abortion, you know, in the same sentence, in the same paragraph. Yeah, and they yeah. see no contradiction in denying 
black women individual rights while you're fighting for our collective freedom. And they really think that we can, some people see as path to freedom or an obstacle to freedom is the level of, of autonomy and mobility that women have secured through struggle that, that giving them their autonomy is, is the threat or the main problem or the main obstacle to our collective freedom. Right. We got to put women back in the kitchen. We got to have black black women barefoot and pregnant and subordinate to her husband or father in order to get free. Yeah. You know, so there is very, I don't think there can be a legitimate black pan-African or revolutionary organization that does not have a woman's component to speak to those issues. Of course, yeah, Sankara, Sankara Thomas Sankara used to talk about that a lot. Yeah, so yeah. I, I am anti-feminist, but not, but because feminism doesn't go far enough for women's liberation, not because I think it's gone too far. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes or sense. I criticize feminism from the left of feminism, not from the right-wing reactionary. Yeah, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to get into that. Yeah, because I hear you talk a lot about that. You know, I feel like I'm seeing that. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, brothers and sisters, but mainly brothers that I speak to that, you know, I used to feel, I used to think they were quote-unquote conscious and everything, but now I'm seeing them turn to the right. It's like they're seeing that things aren't working when they're progressive. So instead of going more to the left, they're like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to the right. So they start pulling out, you know, Candace Owens. They start putting pulling out Candace Owens yeah. clips and they're like, look, she's, say, she's saying the truth over here. Yeah. And things like that. Um, And that's really race traitors. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's detrimental. So can yeah, you that's treasonous. That's that's race traitors. Mm -hmm. But but um, that's that's the problem where um, where ideology analysis and critique have been degraded. You know, there is a strong anti-intellectual component that has emerged um, and in, in the struggle. But yeah. this is not new. We have even Black Panthers. There are some Black Panthers that uh, became right-wing reactionaries, denounced the Panthers, yeah, joined on, yeah. the Republican Party or become Mormons and shit, just really um, go to More. the right. So this isn't something that just happened in our generation, but because right. of uh, the nature of the social media and algorithms, it's it's yeah. the tide is is I think is growing that that there are many right wing reactionary and proto fascist a full blown black fascist who claim they're revolutionary and they want what's best for African people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, all right. We give thanks to Brother Diallo Kenyatta. Uh, this was part one. Be on the lookout. Stay ready for part two, which will come out um, Thursday, December 28th, 2023. Make sure you, you follow the brother um, at Diallo Kenyatta on social media. Go to AfricanWorldOrder.com and get you some fly merch, the aesthetics of liberation. And if you thought, you know, this episode was helpful at all in any way or you, you, you got anything out of it, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, send it to a friend, send it to an enemy, you know, post it on your socials, whatever you have to do. I definitely appreciate it. Go to VitalHoops.net. We are on Instagram at VitalHoopsPodcast. Uh, you can also write us, VitalHoopsPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, how we can improve, and uh, who we should have on next. I appreciate you for listening, for watching. Bottle hoops is for the culture. Woohoo!